0: Well, the short course is going to be this next year is going to be our 78th annual short course it's stronger than ever now uh you know we get 20 students from one company and you know it's just like i said it's 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 really grown we're gonna uh, try to have uh, a couple of more courses this year i would highly recommend it because it's such an intense event and um,
1: uh, you really get one-on-one with a very uh you know solid group welcome back to the gas compression podcast the only podcast out there for those of us working in the gas compression industry. I'm your host, Michael Hanning, bringing you discussions with the leaders of our industry discussing the trends and what the future holds. This episode is brought to you by DISCO, that stands for Diversified Industrial Service Company. DISCO has machine shops and mechanical rebuild facilities servicing Southwest Kansas all the way down the Permian Basin. Disco specializes in rebuilding and reconditioning, reciprocating compressor cylinders and their components, as well as rotary screw compressors. So if you need a reliable partner in maintaining uptime, check them out at disco-inc.com. Welcome back to the Gas Compression Podcast, Uh, joined for the second time by David Van Ousteren. He's the uh, president of Ultimate Chemicals in Moore, Oklahoma. And, um... Man, glad to have you back on the show, David. Uh, before we hop into what you're up to at Ultimate Chemical, I want to uh I want to get kind of a a background of, of what you're doing in the industry as a whole. Sort of the, you know, we, we talked earlier and you talked about the short course that's in uh Oklahoma City or is it in Norman? Uh, Norman Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah. in Norman. And you talked about the Eastern Gas Compression Roundtable. So just want to talk a few uh, a few things, what's going on there, what people in the industry need to know about those classes. We used to go to that and be have a vendor booth. And then I think before COVID, it kind of all got, it just, everything went away. So what's going on at the short course in Norman?
0: Well, the short course is going to be, this next year is going to be our 78th annual short course. And um, I, I guess, it's stronger than ever now. Uh, you know, like I said, we had a little bit of a dip course. You know, for a couple of years we had to cancel it, uh, you know, for for the COVID reasons. And now it's back stronger than ever. Um, you know, we get twenty students from one company, and you know, it's just like I said, it's 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 really grown. Um, we're gonna uh, try to have a, a couple of more courses this year, uh, but I mean, if you want to go there and like I said, get some great training and it's intense training. So it's, it's very compact. It's in a two day event. And, uh, I would strongly suggest any vendors that want to have a booth there, a table, you know, and so forth, and be able to, you know, uh, get to everyone who's there for training to show them information about their products and services. I would highly recommend it because it's, it's such a, it's like, um, such a, such an intense event. And, um, uh, you really get one-on-one with a very uh you know solid group
1: who are the best people to be there uh, mechanics operators pi- uh, pipeline guys i mean what Who? who's the best fit to be there for the classes well uh, there's
0: going to be uh like i said there's uh, a course usually on uh, caterpillar engines you know of course so you're looking at mechanics for that of course uh, Ariel has a, a compression a compressor class as well. Um, you know, we have. Uh, it, it's just like I said. It basically the whole compressor package itself. Uh, you know, that's 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 what it mainly mainly uh, you know is oriented for. There's not much on uh, controls, maybe, uh, but I think that definitely something that would be great for you know a, a controls group to to be there to be able to say, hey, here's here's our wares, here's how we operate. Um, you know, and it, you know, it, it's to you know expose these uh, uh, you know students to basically learn. And there's not just young students uh, just entering either. Uh, there's seasoned twenty-year veterans that are coming to this class so they can just you know really get down and and learn some uh, some some good things.
1: And then, do you know what the dates are for 2024?
0: I don't yet. We are trying to negotiate. You know uh those dates and make sure everything works out uh i will announce those and and please follow us uh, out there uh, i'll give you a link to put on this uh for the short course okay on facebook and uh their
1: website as well all right and then the eastern gas compression roundtable is coming up uh, may 7th to the 9th and so you're you're involved with that so give us the quick the quick uh what's going on with that that I've uh, been to that for the last three years um, uh,
0: and I I would say it has been a great experience. great people um, great there's there's a great vendor participation. there's some great courses as well um, And like I said, very much oriented just you know the whole compressor package as far as that's concerned. so you're looking at you know engine kind of classes and me- for mechanics and so forth uh, compressor, uh mechanics as well just uh very detailed um and uh they uh they don't drill down quite as much on some things but uh when you're sitting in the hour class uh, it's good to take some good notes because mm-hmm. you're
1: going to be learning a lot so you can you can guarantee that if compression companies are sending their their folks there they're going to come away and learn something oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely.
1: Definitely.
0: <clears throat> I learned I, I learned something every, I try to learn something every day, but you know, it's uh uh I've learned quite a lot. Let's put it that way.
1: That's awesome. Well, to all our all our folks listening out there that have that opportunity to send employees, it's just such a good thing for the industry as a whole to participate in these types of things because there's just lots of information to learn and uh talking with vendors and just kind of what's going on. So I'm I'm gonna try to be out there on, on the seventh for that.
0: That'd be great. Uh, and anyone has any questions about, you know, uh, uh, contacts or anything like that, call me directly. I'll I'll send you what you need. Cool.
1: Well, all right. So, uh, Ultimate Chemical, you have had a promotion. You were the VP of Sales, VP of Operations, and now you're El Presidente. So, as of uh, as of twenty twenty three, you're you're leading the charge, huh? Um, I guess you could say that. Um, uh, it's more or less, uh, um.
0: More phone calls, more emails, more, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's a little more than I expected, but uh, loving every minute of it. Like I said, uh, we actually don't have anybody uh, strictly for sales. It's kind of a little different because before COVID hit, you know, I, you know, when, when COVID hit, it basically, you couldn't go see anybody, knock on a door, anything, uh, set any appointments. And so it changed a lot of things. And so what I did is, uh, I come from many years in a computer background, IT, and uh, decided, well, uh, it's time. So uh, do something that nobody else has done. And so let's put together a, um, you know, an online store. So as a matter of fact, we were the first ones to actually put a on full online store in this business. And we're still the only ones that have all of our products available online for sale.
1: So your business models changed a little bit because previously companies that you worked for, you would go out and do the flushes and, and test and all that. Now you're sort of kind of changing it to, hey, just buy it online. We'll ship it to you. You can do it yourself. Is that kind of how? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, you know, there, during the development of some of these products, we want to make, we you know, we have to go out there and do it. It's a show me, don't tell me situation. So we go out and we would do, uh, you know, of course, we still do cooler cleaning. We still do flushes, chemical circulations. A lot of people aren't aware of that. But, uh, you know, it's become less because, uh, you know, we've shown them how to do it. We show them it works. They see the results. They see the temperatures drop. We always say now, uh, I guess our new kind of little tagline is that we measure our success in degrees. So once they see those (laughs) temperatures drop and they see how well our stuff works and, you know, it's like, well, you can pay us to come out and do it. Or, you know, here's the chemical right here. Here's full directions on everything you need. So they can make it happen for themselves
1: about how much of your business is going on you know going outside on site and doing it yourself versus just shipping the chemicals to customers and they do it themselves
0: um i'd have to really look but i'd say about uh 25 to 30 percent is us you know as far as what we do maybe less than that even uh because we have so many third-party companies that are service oriented that are now uh, using our chemicals and taking them out there and doing those jobs and especially in those areas that we're we just can't get yeah you know, so just can't be everywhere at once
1: that's right so you're you're doing a uh you kind of got a new thing out there and I'm I'm curious are you the one that came up with the the Royal flush line of products <laughs> did you come up with that name and is that yeah, is that because you have a are you a are you a card shark when you're not selling chemicals or how did oh, you come up with that
0: no 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 <laughs> um I I'm I'm really not a gambler. I uh, uh, it's it's just one of those things where you know you've got five uh, products now that we've developed over the years, tried and true and tested that no one else has to be able to take care of all the contaminations uh, that you would have in a cooling system, and so it's like well five things. What do I do with that? You know uh, what do we call it? And of course you know there are flushes basically is kind of this you know slang term for what they do. So flush, five things for a flush. There you go. There's
1: a royal flush. Royal flush. That's awesome. Well, uh, let's kind of dive into that. What's new in the world of coolant and uh and maintenance? Because it's, you know, it's not the most sexy thing that we want to talk about. It doesn't seem like it makes you any money, but man, if it's not right, it costs you a lot of money and a lot of downtime and a lot of heartache. So Let's what, what what's what's new in the in the coolant world and taking care of compressors. Well, um, we just had an
0: article that came out in uh, September in Gas Compression Magazine, um, and uh, <laughs> Brent Haight come up with the title. He says soap kills, <laughs> and uh, what it is is basically um, man. Right now, today, I guarantee you, somewhere, somebody has got some oil uh, and some stuff inside their cooling system and they are putting cascade into that system and that's the last thing you want to do um how can i put it? uh and of course if i could show pictures and pictures and all this but the thing is is uh when you put cascade or uh, degreaser simple green whatever into a dawn dishwashing soap you put that into a, a cooling system it creates phosphates and they start to coat everything inside. And of course, if your cooling system's coated all over inside, um, then you basically um, don't have that heat transfer that you're trying to get. And uh, it can really clog them up. And I've seen some where they've added so much where it just creates these little phosphate balls. It uh, looks like little soap balls inside there. And uh, it's, it's horrible. But um, that's our latest product that really completed the all the five you know uh completed the puzzle so um you know our main uh i guess if we start talking about the flushes the uh the main thing is we're known for mainly the uh preventive maintenance flush and the preventive maintenance flush that's something that if you've got a little oil or you've got a little exhaust that's leaked inside your system uh or you have um you know, uh, silicate dropout, it's got some old spent coolant that's starting to stick to uh, everything inside. Uh, that's the only product that's really going to clean everything out for you. And, uh, and one thing I want to stress is if you're changing coolant types where you have uh, you've been using red and now you're going to green or a different different brand or something. Um, I would definitely highly recommend, uh, you know, using our preventive maintenance flush to to get rid of all the residue of everything that you've used before, before you try the new one, especially if you're going between uh, different technologies, you know, as far as your
1: organic or inorganic or ELC type coolants. Do you see a lot of, I mean, you you mentioned the cascade thing. I mean, does that still happen a lot today? I mean, people just throwing dish soap in there. That's still a common thing.
0: Yes, it is. And um, man, uh, I can't stress enough. If anyone has a has an issue with that, please give me a call. (laughs) I would love to explain it. You know, uh, I guess the thing is, is, you know, either way, if you if you if you do this, it's going to start coating the insides. Or if you have a system that has just not been cleaned out and, you know, use like a PMF as needed, you know, when you get those silicate levels up high as well. One of the things uh, that, you know, it's going to start to burn, especially, um, you know, um, it it just starts to uh, uh, break down the, uh, you know, glycols and and burn the glycol. And that's when we have our heavy duty flush. And uh, we're the only ones that make this chemical that will actually go in and you run it within the system while it's running with load on it. And be able to actually get rid and dissolve uh, the blackburn glycol in there. That's our HDF heavy-duty flush. And um, so it it goes from where, you know, you got to think of, um, okay, um, you know, action-reaction type reactionary, you know, maintenance. And, you know, if someone's using spending more than 13% of their emergency budget on, um, you know, uh, of their actual maintenance budget, on emergencies, they're not planning right or they're not looking at indicators that they need to, you know, do some uh, preventive maintenance. And I guess at GMRC this year, that one of the big things was they start calling it predictive maintenance, where you really get ahead of the game before you have a catastrophic failure or an outage where you're down and you're not able to being able to move gas. So that means, uh, you know, how do we tell, you know, what's going on inside of the system? So what we've come up with, we've partnered up with Lab 1, and uh, we used to have to get solids out of the system is what people would have when they had problems and they knew they were going down on temps or something. So we get those solids, send them off to a lab, and, uh, you know, it costs around $350 for this test, and it's an XRD analysis and tells us, you know, the chemical composition of what's in there so we know exactly what to go after. And that's how we've cut our teeth in this industry. And this is our primary industry, of course. Um, so where we, uh, you know, do this and create and test this and come up with these chemicals, then once uh, once we've solved that, like I said, we've got now where we've got Lab One that can actually take a liquid sample and be able to tell uh by seeing the liquid sample and the solids being able to say, okay, here's your new uh, condemning rates as far as you know how your lab uh, report comes back to you and uh, let you know ahead of time here's what needs to happen here if you run this and you run this, you'll be back to zero hour. So you may have burnt glycol, then we have uh, you know someone's run uh, you know a cascade in there or something and you have to run the uh, you know, uh, phosphate fix, uh, you know, which is basically PO4 fix, and that's our, you know, gets rid of all the phosphates in there as well. So that one-two punch,
1: you're back to zero hour. You've gotten rid of everything that would uh, be coating everything. So speaking of zero hour, um, whenever a, a new compressor package gets set, is there is there instructions from the manufacturer on hey, here's the book uh, on this cooling system, and if you follow this, you won't have any problems. Here's how many after I mean, this many hours, uh, after this many months, this is what you need to test this. Is what you need to go after. So start, if you could, if you could write that book or if you could hand that to somebody, what does that look like? Well, I'm writing
0: a book actually on this. Uh, oh. it's, the,
1: it's been the most,
0: uh, um, neglected, uh, subsystem out there. Um, you know, I've got a good friend of mine, uh, Uh, Curtis Royce, who's really changing Mm -hmm. the world as far as uh, lube oil systems yeah and um, then I've like said someone had to take up the mantle and say okay who knows more about the cooling systems well I don't know everything but it takes a village so uh, I'm working with all of the greatest minds in this business people with uh, you know 20 30 40 years of experience in the business getting case scenarios from them working with uh, lab one of course um, working with um, you know the companies themselves as far as the manufacturers, because if you look at you know you look at um, not going to name names, but you look at some of the manufacturers and you look at the OEM manuals, there might be two, three, four, five pages on the cooling system, and that's about it. So as far as actually troubleshooting it and maintaining and you know having that preventive maintenance, that's what we're looking for to uh, you know get get that out in the hands of mechanics. Because, um, you know, we've had COVID hit and we've had a lot of people just said, hey, I'm going to hang it up. I'm going to retire. So there's this there's this loss as far as, uh, you know, uh, passing the torch to that next generation of mechanics uh, as far as, you know, mentoring and teaching them uh, and learning on the job, that kind of thing. So um, it's, it's, you know, a good friend of mine said, hey, you need to write this book you guys are doing more to fix these things than anyone else. And you're, you know, you're the only ones. It's it. So um, it's not just coming up with the right chemical solution. It's coming up with, um, okay, here's how to prevent this and get ahead of it. And it's helped us with the mindset of not just saying, oh, sure, we'll sit back and watch these systems crash and so on. Then we get a call. Okay, here's what you need to fix it. We actually say uh, now, with like GMRC saying, we need to start going to quarterly testing on, uh, you know, coolant samples. Well, you know, they started off, you know, saying the monthly samples on oil samples, and that was a hard thing, hard sell for a lot of companies, but they're doing it now, the majority. And so now it's like, if you'll actually do like quarterly samples on your units, uh, and do this for your fleet, uh, you'll actually be able to see, okay, hey, my rust level is rising. So with that, Said it's like now you have something that you can drain your coolant out, put our uh, rust removal flush RRF in there, and be able to completely eradicate the rust in your system, and you know you're back to zero hour there. You know if you've had rust, and and you're talking about commissioning new units. Um, I've got several people that have used our rust removal flush on new units because of all the flash rust inside well that's not really zero hour is it you know because they've been sitting in a yard you know waiting to be uh, commissioned out somewhere so they'll run our rust removal flush and all it takes is a couple of hours at temp you know so that when they do their initial startup if they'll put our rust removal flush in there and let it actually be up to temp where the thermostats are open for two hours it'll
1: eradicate any of that rust rinse it out you have a zero hour system for sure so i'm just what would be the cost of that you know when you're thinking about setting new units And you're weighing the cost. Like, what does it cost to run the 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 rust, the RRF, the rust removal flush through in a brand new unit to get started? Well, here's what's cool. We have an online store now.
0: So if you go out there and you look at our store and you pull up our rust removal flush, it's actually going to. We have it in different quantities. We you know sell it in um, you know buckets and drums and totes. So a two hundred fifty down two hundred fifty gallon tote runs you three thousand dollars. And you know, say. uh, you know so you basically it's going to take fill it up it's ready to use uh for that flush so you can buy the quantities you need to fill up uh you know a 300 gallon system or 600 or 1200 and and we've done some huge you know common repository type systems as well that it's yeah. just running uh you know uh really hard water with their mix so and uh that's 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 pretty much covers it the only other thing we have i guess the the fifth one is going to be our uh, oil contamination flush and that's when you know you have a losing oil cooler and your coolant looks like your oil and your oil looks like your coolant it's kind of this foamy nasty stuff that's definitely where you you know fix your leak and so forth and be able to run this through your cooling system and it'll get rid i don't care if you put a 50 gallons of oil inside of a cooling system, our oil
1: contamination flush will get rid of all that oil inside your system. So can you give us kind of a high level view of, of the maintenance that you would, you be writing about in your book? You, you mentioned that the GMRC has now come out and said quarterly testing. Do you agree with that? Do you think it ought to be monthly? Uh, where oh, and, I, I, and where do people get those, do, do people buy, where do you get the, the kit to test it with is that from you? Is that from where do people get that kit? So we actually have it online,
0: uh, and it's 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 Lab One that performs the test analysis. So we have a kit online; you can buy them in multiple quantities. Uh, we've had guys buy them. You know, here's I, I've got six units that he's over, or he's got twenty-five. If you've got a hundred, whatever, and that way uh, you have all the different quantities to buy them there. Um, and uh, like I said, it's thirty-five dollars a kit. And uh, it's a little high than your, you know, the free kit, the the free test you might even get from someone who sells you the coolant. But this way, you know that you've got the right test that's uh, equal to what we've done with the solids, and will give you the direct inf- give us the information that we would need to be able to go out there and do the flush ourselves. Like I said, we we've done these flushes. That's how you know we started this to show everybody what we needed, and um, um, now we can just get this. You know, like I said, uh, with a coolant sample and and when they take the sample, the best thing would be to, you know, get it at the lowest point that you can around the engine block, get about a third of it, maybe over around the water pump area, uh, somewhere in there. Uh, and then also go up to the surge tank and get something uh, out of there as well. And this way it will um, show, you know, a real indicative, you know, sample of, you know, what's in the system entirely. and. Um, once they've done that they send it in within 24 48 hours uh, lab one's gonna send you an email here you go here's your you know test uh, results I get a copy of the test results so that way if you want to talk it over we can talk <laughs> and um, after the first page it's also going to tell you here's the condemning limits are you in the green the yellow or the red
1: and here's what you would need to run to get that back to zero hour hmm. do you do you guys ever have to make up or formulate special uh chemical compounds based on what a lab reading says or will all five of your Royal Flush products will those take care of everything or do you ever you ever run into an instance where whoa you got a lab result back that just was way, way different than normal and you have to make something new?
0: Well, over
1: many, many years
0: of doing this and testing and going out doing it ourselves, we've got all five that we need for cooling systems. There would have to be something Brand new out there, or somebody made a mistake and said, "Oh, for some reason we put, um, um you know, hydraulic fluid <laughs> in our cooling system somehow." <laughs> yeah, and, and then we'd have to kind of say, "Okay, let's see what's going to go after that." But we've got it all covered, you know. Uh, it's uh, one one cool thing to mention also. Say we've got a system that had the you know um, phosphates in it, right? The neat thing about the phosphate fix is. Um, when, when they run that, uh, the added bonus that we didn't really count on, um, you know, some things are a blessing, let me tell you. Uh, the, that one you run for four hours attempt. And the cool thing is it gets rid of the rust also. So if you still had some of that rust and you're running the phosphate fix, it'll get rid of both. Hmm.
1: Yeah, so it's an added value. Do you see, uh, I'm just curious if you see different issues popping up in different parts of the world with different types of gas right so you know in the permian basin or in louisiana or in pennsylvania or in oklahoma do you do you see common themes of of issues that pop up
0: well in the gas itself um i mean with know, the cooling systems i would say no i mean not not too much i mean yeah. The only things we see is like within the, the compressor itself you know as far as uh you know helping uh, keep the valves clean and things like that for some injections we have so we don't really um in the cooling systems i don't see any differences we do see different uh in different areas you know super hot areas we see some guys that will um you know run a a, a different kind of blend than 50 50 and i'm just here to say that the way things are designed is to run that 50-50 blend, you know, uh, through the cold months. And, uh, you know, some people will say, well, we'll run a 25-75, 75%, you know, water, and they're running crappy water somewhere, and they have 25% ethylene glycol in there. And that's because they're in warmer weather. They don't anticipate much of a freeze or anything like this. Now, let's let, uh, here's a good scenario for you that we've, we, we've worked on, and we'll be releasing this uh, after the first year. We have something, you know, where you have coolant, we're talking about uh, coolant is more like an antifreeze, okay? And it, it winterizes your system as far as to keep, you know, your temperatures where, you know, it gets below freezing, it won't freeze your coolant. Now, during the summer, there's not a lot of added benefit as far as having glycol, you know, in the system. So the thing that we propose and that we've tested for, oh, two and a half years now, it's going to be about three this spring is running this thing that we're calling cool ain't summarize so that means well let's see we've got an engine that say it's a, a 10 million cubic foot engine or a, a compressor uh and what they're having to do is during the summertime it gets so hot they're having to take off load off that system and that means they're instead of 10 million cubic foot they may be running six million cubic foot And our thing is, why don't you throttle up uh, through the summer? How can we do that? Well, real easy. You're not going to need the freeze protection during the summer, especially, you know, West Texas or, you know, New Mexico. So what they do is uh, they say, okay, let's take out this, good. you know, should have a clean system, we're hoping, right? And they take out this coolant that can be used for two years, and they pull it out during the summertime for six months. And they say, okay, now let's put this coolant in there summarized right and that way it's summarized where there's no glycol in this it's sort of like how uh if you have a racing engine you know like uh, the street outlaws here in oklahoma right mm-hmm. uh where they uh they put this stuff in there there's no glycol in it they're not running these engines in freezing weather but they're putting racing quality you know type coolant to keep it cool uh, especially under you know extreme circumstances and heat well th- those things are Way expensive, $24 a half gallon or something. And we're like, well, we sell that for $8 a gallon. So that means, uh, just imagine, $8 a gallon. Let's figure, uh, you know, what size cooling system. But you're looking at, you know, say say the midstream company's making, uh, you know, um, $6 for a 1,000 cubic feet. And, uh, you know, that's their transmission fee. And they're and they're looking uh, to you know not take those loads off. You know they got a hundred systems out here, and they're having to pull load off of those, you know, and throttle down during the summer uh, so they won't overheat. Now they can actually put this stuff in there and throttle up. Just think how much more
1: gas they're going to move. Have, so you, you have, just do you, say, a, do you have some documented case studies of this where you've done this? You know, here's the thing. Uh,
0: I'm I'm working on it because. The guys that have tried it are like, hey, this is great. This is wonderful. Let's get some more. As far as getting someone who's out in the field fighting fires and doing everything that they do in a midstream company to say, oh, yeah, let me sit down and take my time and write out some data for you. Right. You know, plus, uh, you know, it's it's a lot of companies don't want to, you know, go on the record to say, yeah, we we use this or we use that. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of companies, uh, even within one company, they can be like, uh, like their own tower and they say, well, we use this and I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing, but, uh, hell I'm getting, I'm moving more gas and, you know, so he looks better, the, maybe the manager in that area or something. Mm, yeah, uh, we run into that, especially with the oil, you know, rigs is, you know, we've done how many flushes for one company this, uh, la- during this year, um, and they've just seen such a tremendous change where they're not having to replace, you know, uh, generator sets because they've actually got everything cleaned out now, and they're keeping their coolers clean. So uh, it's it's spread through the company. And anybody has any questions about it, uh, there's going to be an article coming out, I'm sure. Oh, February, March, something like that. I'm hoping uh, to talk about it, but it's cooling summarized, and that will actually let you put that load on there during the summer and not uh, overheat as much. We've got a guy that uh the systems weren't clean. Uh two systems he put it on in his area and um, dropped it 20 degrees. So he's able to throttle up and put more load on and you know actually move the amount of gas he's supposed to. So so when is the money. cool when's the cool ain't summarized come out for sale? Um, we're going to have it on the store as of February 1st. So that'll be official. And uh, we've, uh, if someone wants to, uh, uh, you know, that's not in an area that's freezing and so forth, you know, get with us, you know, and get with me, and we'll we'll talk about it. Um, you know, we come up with another product for cold weather. <laughs> uh, a lot of guys do a lot of uh, top ends and so on and maintenance during the winter time. So we had to take our PM flush. and We have a cold weather PM flush. That's not. It's just a sub, you know, of the PMF um so that was where they could actually mix it instead of mixing our flush 1 to 1 with water you know to you know it comes you know where it's uh, con- uh condensed um they dilute it 1 to 1 and uh with water is normally how it works we somebody said hey we need to run this stuff but we can't get access to good water so we have another flavor that we've come up with uh, formulated to where you mix that uh our flush with uh one part our flush, PMF flush, to one part um, coolant mix that they already have in the system. And what it does is that way they don't have to have water on site and they can run this and it'll clean their system out. <laughs> so works fantastic. And uh, here's what's funny, is the guys that mainly use it are in the super hot areas where they just don't have access to water. We made it for, you know, out in, you know, Colorado and all the you know kind of more northern areas to where they could run it with uh their coolant mix and it will keep it from freezing if it had to shut down because some smaller units they may not have monitoring on those units so this way uh it uh you know uh if if the unit happened to go down you know for whatever reason it's not going to freeze and bust anything so you know number one do no harm and uh so that's kind of interesting you know we've got from one extreme to another now or summertime and well, here's what to run instead of your, you know, glycol mix that'll actually drop it, you know, anywhere from 10, 20 degrees, maybe more. It just depends on how clean your system is to begin with.
1: Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, I would love to know any other uh you mentioned uh don't put dishwashing soap in a cooling system. <laughs> uh what are some are there any other two or three things that you see common uh, out in the field that they are common that you would say, hey, mechanics, operators, don't do this. Just I, I know what I know what you may have heard, or this has been what everyone's been doing for twenty years, but stop doing this. Right. Well, number one, of course, you know uh, the soap,
0: you know that's, that has no place in the cooling system. And as far as oil and rejecting this stuff, yeah, it's um, you know it's it's we're talking about different kinds of oils like animal fats and so forth that it's created for, and those phosphates. And I strongly recommend, like you said, running a 50-50 coolant mix on uh, anything that you do. If it's not working right for you, you have another problem to look at. And uh, also, I would say, you know, uh, the the quarterly testing is just a great way to be able to say, you know, here's a check engine light for rust. Here's a check engine light for i uh, just had one test where, you know, uh, it shows extreme high lead levels. Well, he's getting ready to lose a bearing. That's a great trouble light to be able to mm-hmm. see ahead of time before, you know, all of a sudden everything goes haywire. Um, also to see if you've got, you know, oil in the system, so forth. Um, uh, or, you know, hey, uh, this whatever, for whatever reason, they've uh, got a lot of, uh, you know, silicon. And and really, the silicon is going to show you the silica dropout. That you know this coolant's spent. It's time to replace it. Time to clean it out before we put another coolant mix in there. So it and and just think uh, like catching it early also to be able to say, oh, this one has burnt glycol, and instead of having to go through like we normally do by the time they have solids or their sight glass is black. You know, it's like uh, now they can catch it ahead of time and say, oh, well, now we can run one, you know, one series of this heavy duty flush instead of having to run through twice like we normally do.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's just catching things ahead of time, uh, being proactive, being predictive about it, and having those new check engine lights is how, how I look at it. And it's actually going to save our customers money rather than waiting till the very last moment where it's like, uh, this thing has gone down. We're in an emergency. We've got to do this now. We don't have time to run a test. Run the test ahead of time. Yeah. And that way, you know, we know where it's headed. We can trend it, you know, month, You know, every quarter, you know, uh, it's getting to a point we're going to have to do something.
1: Well, David, uh, appreciate you coming on. And thank you for all that you're doing uh, for the industry and got some exciting things coming up, right? The uh, The cool ain't. Coming out February 1st and then uh, we have a there's a book in the works. So I know I'm not going to pin you down on a date. I I know some folks that have attempted writing books and giving a date is just uh, it's just a waste of time because you just it it just takes a long time.
0: Yeah. And and the thing is, it's all about getting the right information out into the hands of uh, people that desperately need it. It's to help with uh, passing that torch to be able to help enable these uh, mechanics uh, that haven't had that one-on-one mentorship with somebody who's left the business. Yeah. You know, all that experience has kind of left the village here. So I, I just think that it's going to be very handy, and and it's not going to be like the end-all, be-all, you know, uh, Bible as far as cooling systems, but. It's pulling from every resource that I'm able and everyone that will work with me uh, to be able to put it all in one place at least and have references where you can go dig deeper. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, you can check out Ultimate Chemical at ultimatechemicals.com or uh, you can find Dave on LinkedIn. He's very active and sharing information and uh, doing good for our our industry. So thanks for coming on Dave and uh, hope to see you soon and maybe uh, at the Eastern Gas Compression Roundtable in May. That'd be awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks.